Welcome to the Eastern Hills Audio Podcast. We exist to help as many people as possible take their next step towards finding community and following Christ. Maybe you've got questions about Jesus. Maybe you're good with Jesus, just not his church. Maybe you're feeling disconnected and want to reconnect. We think you'll find our messages both helpful and hopeful. So enjoy. Hey, good morning, Eastern Hills. My name is Nick, and I get to serve here as the student community minister over grades four through 12. And we are kicking off a two-week series called Give Thanks. And and as we're heading into the Thanksgiving season, I, I gotta admit, Thanksgiving has not always been my favorite holiday. I haven't always been a fan of Thanksgiving food, but over the last few years, I've really come a long way. And, and I love talking to people about how they prepare their Thanksgiving meals, because it's around this time of year where my Facebook feed is just flooded with all of these videos on how to prepare the perfect turkey. And I mean, people will go through all these complicated steps. They'll go through brining. They'll put a block of cheese in their turkey. All of these steps to ensure that they have the best turkey possible. And I remember going around the office asking people if they brine their turkey or not, because I just think it's so interesting how people invest so much effort to make sure they have the best meal. I mean, I, th- I think to my Aunt Lisa, who works the whole day of Thanksgiving, even the day before, working it to make sure that they have the best meal possible. And, and I think a point that we can make this morning is that the amount that we invest is an indicator of our level of expectation. I mean, we, we've heard this principle almost our whole lives, that you get out what you put into it. I mean, we've heard it from teachers when it comes to school. We've heard it from coaches on the field that you're going to get out what you're willing to put in. And today we're going to be talking about how Jesus uses the same principle when he's talking about giving. And and to set the scene of the passage we're going to be going into this morning, Jesus is with his 12 disciples at the temple in Jerusalem. And, And this temple was a big deal to the Jewish people. It was almost the center point of their faith. The temple was the way in which they communed and interacted with God. It's where sacrifices took place in many different traditions. And and the temple of Israel was actually funded by the people of Israel who would give money to ensure that it would stay running. And it was even commanded that they would give. And and so Jesus is sitting with his disciples and, and he's at an area of the temple called the women's court. And, and this wasn't a court where only women were allowed, but it was actually a court where women were allowed in, in the sense that it was the closest they were allowed to be to the temple. And, and, and in this court, in this treasury, there was 13 trumpet-shaped offering chests so that when people would go and present an offering, they would pour their coins into this chest and and the way that it was shaped would amplify the noise that their offering would make. I kind of think back to the times when I'd be in an arcade and I'd hear someone hit the jackpot and you hear all the coins flooding out, kind of a similar sound. When, When someone would pour large amounts of money into the offering chests, it would amplify a noise that would definitely gather the attention of the people in the room. And so Jesus is sitting there with his 12 disciples and and this is how he responds to the environment. In, In the book of Mark, we read, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. So 
Jesus is seeing large amounts of offering being thrown into these buckets and he doesn't respond. And and this is what happens next. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. And and when Jesus saw this, he kind of gathered his disciples together, kind of formed a team huddle. and, And this is what he said. He said, truly, I tell you, This poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in everything, all she had to live on. Now, if I was a disciple, I would be there and say, what, Jesus, what, what are you talking about? Did you not see all these people put in large amounts of money? What do you mean this widow gave more than the others? But Jesus wasn't looking at the dollar amount given, but he was looking at the motivation behind the gift. See, it says that the widow put in everything, all she had to live on, implying that she didn't even have enough money to get a meal the next day. And, and what we see this widow represent is this truth right here, that the amount we let go is a reflection of our expectation to grow, that the widow was willing to put her full trust in God by giving to him all that she had. Compared to the other people who were giving large amounts of money, but, but compared to their wealth, it, it probably wasn't that much in the grand scheme of their life. And, and I know oftentimes when we talk about giving, when we talk about money, our mind automatically goes to this question. Well, well isn't giving all about an amount, right? Isn't there just a certain amount we're supposed to give? And, and once we give that, then we're good. I mean, asking this question, my mind goes to the idea of the tithe, which, which we would say is, is giving back to God 10% of all income earned. And, and, and I wanna take a second to talk about the tithe because the way in which we view the tithe today was very different than, than the way the people of Israel or, or the Jewish people back then would think of the tithe. I mean, we would say that the tithe is giving 10% of our own wealth back to God. But the tithe is a tradition and a commandment in the Jewish people all the way back to the first, first tithe given by Abraham. And, and, and the way that a Jew would describe a tithe would probably be more along these lines, that 10% of our wealth belongs to God. That it's not giving away my own wealth to God, but that 10% of what we earn is God's to begin with. The idea of of being dependent on God, that that what we get, what we earn is ultimately from God and belongs back to him. And so as Christians, as people who, who, who tithe towards the church, we can sometimes get in a headache of thinking, how much do I tithe? Do I tithe post-tax, after-tax? Is it, is, it all, is it all additional income, even on investments, whatever it may be? But in the headache, I'm reminded of this truth that giving is not a formula, but it's an act of trust. See, We don't need to get in the headache of making sure we're giving the right amount because the point of giving in the first place is is to show a dependence on God and and finding freedom in letting go of what we have. My wife and I were newly married and, and when we sit down to do our every dollar budget app by Dave Ramsey, we sit and we look over our finances and, and I gotta say, it's really easy to want to save giving to the very end or, or wanting to give what's left over to God. But 
There is a freedom in saying, hey, this is the amount that we're going to give to God up front. And, and the ability to let go of our, fin- our finances reminds us that, hey, if we have enough to give back, then we have enough to survive. Instead of money being in control of us, we are able to be in control of our money. But, but heading back to this passage in Mark, there's, there's another layer of significance and, and importance to what's going on because these actual offering chests are known as free will offering, meaning that when people give, it's going beyond the tithe. It's going beyond what was expected at the time. And, and so heading back to this key truth that the amount we let go is a reflection on our expectation to grow. We, we see that the widow in this story was willing to provide more than expected. She was willing to provide all that she had. Her, her giving was an example of true dependence on God. And, and, and the amount she was willing to invest showed that she was expecting that God would provide, that she was able to give the money she would have used to, to buy food. That was an example of showing the dependence and the expectation she had on God to provide. And in our lives, giving can be a way to, to depend on God and, and to show him the trust that we have in him and that we can expect when we are willing to let go and give freely to him, that we will grow closer with him and that he will ultimately take care of us in, in, the most, in, in all of our circumstances. And so uh, another layer of hope that I find as we're talking about giving is this, is that God will not love you anymore or less, regardless of the amount you give. I mean, I think that we can just find total freedom in this truth because, I mean, for some, 10% isn't, isn't that much. If, if you're an individual with a lot of wealth, 10% isn't, isn't that much to give away. But, but for others, I mean, 10% may be, may be scary and, and you might not feel like you could survive by giving 10% away. And, and it just gives us the freedom to remember it's not about the amount that we give or, or the amount that we give doesn't determine whether God loves us or not. So if we're only able to give 3%, 5%, $50, whatever it is, see the point of giving is, is to grow confidence in God and, and to grow closer to him. So, so maybe our next step is to increase the amount that we give in the effort to grow confidence in Christ because ultimately Jesus was willing to pay it all on the cross so that we could get what he deserved. He took our punishment, our sin, paid the debt of our sin so that we could be in relationship with him. See, Jesus was willing to invest it all, was willing to put it all on the line for us so that we can grow closer to him and grow confidence in Christ in all area of our lives, even finances. And, and I know that finances can sometimes be an awkward or hard thing to talk about, but uh, something that I'm reminded of is, is, is in the book of Luke, Jesus says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, where we put our money is a huge indicator of where we put our trust. And, and, and with that being said, we don't want guilt to be our motivation our motivation for building trust. I mean, if we're feeling guilted into giving money to God, that ultimately isn't building trust and confidence in him. See, Paul says this to the Corinthians. Paul says, 
Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. See, this verse shows us an easy way to take a next step in giving. And and that next step is as simple as this, is to give to what you are thankful for. See, I believe that, that the local church is the light of the world. And, and in my short time here at Eastern Hills and in my short time in the lobby, I've already heard stories of life change that has happened here in the walls of Eastern Hills. I mean, I've heard people talk about meeting their husband in, in a small group or, or different ways in which life change has happened here. And, and next week, we're gonna hear from a missionary who, who works to help women in, in the Middle East. And, and her story towards becoming a missionary starts with the ways in which God worked in her childhood here at Eastern Hills. See, for those who call Eastern Hills home, we have a privilege of sitting on a legacy of 50 years of people who have come before us to give and to be faithful, trusting that God would work here in central New York. And, and, and we get to benefit from that legacy of generosity. And, and I, I just think to the founding of Eastern Hills, I mean, it sounds like an old folk tale, but it's completely the truth that, that a group of families way back when decided to take out second mortgages on their homes to create Eastern Hills Bible Church. And I mean, talk about dependency. Talk about putting trust in God and, and, and having an expectation that he will work in central New York. So as, as we're closing today, I just want to invite you to trust God in the area of your finances and, and not out of guilt, but out of motivation and out of, out of a motivation of thankfulness and trust that God is still working in central New York and that he is not done working through Eastern Hills. If you guys wanna join me in prayer. Dear God, we are just so thankful for, for all that you have done through Eastern Hills. And, and we're thankful for all of the people who have come before us and, and trusted you with their finances, with the expectation that you would work in the lives of others. And I mean, after 50 years at Eastern Hills, we can look back and we can see the tangible ways in which you have worked. We are so thankful for you and we are so thankful for Jesus who paid the ultimate price, who, who, who paid the price of our sin so that we could grow closer to him. I pray in this season, we can be reminded of what we're thankful for and, and we can take a next step to trust you in the area of our finances and with the confidence that you will provide and the confidence that you will continue to work in our lives. And I pray this all in your name, amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. If so, we invite you to subscribe to our podcast. For more information about Eastern Hills, please check out easternhills.org. We would love to pray for you. Email your request to office at easternhills.org. If you would like to donate to the ministry of Eastern Hills, click the donate button in the upper right-hand corner of our website. We look forward to connecting with you again next week. Take care. God bless.